Hello, hello, welcome back to another episode of Two Girls. And a few thoughts. Let's get into it. Hey, friend. So, like, how's it going? What's happening? What's going on? You know, I'm just living life, living the dream mostly, if I'm really honest. <laughs> but <laughs> nothing too crazy. Living the dream, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm living in the pre-vacation headspace right now. I just keep, like, every day that passes by, I'm just like, I'm never to hurt yourself. <laughs> I get, I get close and close every time. There's something, as Elise said the other day, which she read this someplace. I don't remember where she said she read it. December is, like, everyone's, like, Friday. Mm. Like, people are done. It's like, okay, we've been doing, like, 11 months of this life thing. This is not 12 months. The holidays are here. We, we just ready to chill. For sure. I definitely saw that on Instagram. I think it was last week where it did say uh-huh. that December is everyone's Friday. And I totally get it, right? Like we're yeah. over the year, we're on wind down time. All we're thinking about is Christmas and New Year's and partying and hanging out with the family and just turning right. it all off. Like let's reset in January. That could be Monday. But now mm-hmm. we just need to be done. We just want to chill. Right. So I get definitely. it. Definitely. Do you feel like that? Because I mean, you're in retail this is one of your busiest times so do you actually have the friday feeling or does this shit feel like monday for you well it feels fun and crazy and all those things like it normally does but i do have the friday feeling because i always take a vacation at the end of the year so i'm Mm -hmm. usually off from work from around the 23rd ish until the year starts so mm-hmm. I am on countdown mode. Like, let's let's go. Like, let's just get there so I can be off. Right, so right, right. Does, yeah. There's a bit of a Friday feeling. Yeah, for sure. It's such a great way to do it. And while it's my birthday month. Oh, yeah. Which is also, like, wonderful. I mean, I feel like if I wasn't, you know, in New York and just experiencing the 25, 28 degrees, this could be a spectacular time. Like December would be a very different vibe if I was home, if I was any place that was warm, right? It's just like, it's so cold outside. For sure. I mean, have I told you about the half year birthday? You can literally just pick another day six months from now (laughs) and that will be your half birthday and you get to kind of redo it in better weather. Don't you just love how, as a society, we just stay innovating, making up frameworks, making up things to help us to mentally cope? Yeah, we have to. Otherwise, we would all just keel over and die because this shit is whack. It's so, so nuts. Well, talking about like mental health and psychologically dealing and all of that other stuff, earlier today, I was talking to Anthony and it was probably like... I don't know, mid-morning or so. And he ended the call and he was like, yeah, did you hear that that guy Twitch like died? And I kid you not, like I felt it in my like chest. I was like, mm-hmm. no way. Like, absolutely not. Like, no. And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, no. And I <laughs> went online and I looked it up and I was just shocked. I mean, anytime that you hear about like death, you feel a, more of a sense of shock if you are closer to the person. You have some sense of like who they are, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't know him personally, but I have watched many videos of him and his wife, Allison, and 
they are just such an epitome of like joy and like happiness. And I was just like floored, like literally floored. And I was particularly floored because I had watched the Jennifer Hudson show for the first time ever, by the way, because when did Jennifer Hudson get her own talk show? I mean, a better question is why does she have a talk show? But that's a whole other thing. Listen, that's a whole other thing. But she has um, a talk show and I was home during the daytime and it was on and and they were there. And they literally danced so energetically to the set and they looked so in love. Like just, when you look at them, you're just like, this is her person, this is his person. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all just like pure love, good energy, good vibes. They had a little like dance contest that they did. um, And at different, you know, parts of the interview, they spoke about some different stuff, including how much they're so like in love with um, their kids and like being parents and like their little daughter, who's actually three. And they were actually talking about expanding their family. Mm. three weeks ago. So I say all of this to say when Anthony says this to me earlier, I was like, it didn't compute. It did not compute and it did not register because again, these people joyously dance (laughs) themselves onto the stage. They're talking about how wonderful and how blessed they feel and thinking about, you know, expanding their family. And I'm just like, this guy, this person commits suicide? I mean, ultimately, we never know what's happening in people's lives. For sure. People have so many things like going on, you know, in their head, behind closed doors, etc. We understand this. But still, you think to yourself that when you see people on their social media, that these are snapshots of some form of reality, Right. I mean, you yeah. can't fully rely on them, but you think to yourself, okay, if I'm always seeing you all in these wonderful dancing videos, I mean, the shit looks lit. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think that's why people always say that you never know what people are going through. You never know what's really in their head. Um, I think the other thing to consider here is that they often tape these shows months ahead, right? So this potentially could have been taped oh. six months ago or three months ago, I don't know, and then just aired three weeks ago. And unfortunately, it now coincides with this memory or this idea that you just saw it a few days ago, and now he's like... a few weeks ago. Mm A few weeks ago. But now he's seemingly so depressed that he chooses to die by suicide, right? So, you know, it's this weird timing. But I also think that there's always this conversation around like check in on your friends, check in on your friends mm-hmm. that appear mm-hmm. to be good. Like they seem to be super happy. Maybe there's something else going on and they just want right. someone to ask, are you okay? Do you need anything? Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say, well, even within that, I may ask someone how they're doing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they may still decide to hide how they're feeling. Cause there's this, right. this need to, want to be okay or to say that you're okay because maybe you're not ready to talk about it or you don't really have anything to say about it other than Mm -hmm. you know i'm fine right and maybe that's cultural as well there's so many there's so many reasons and there's so many things that could be at play i mean there's also the element of uh, um 
kind of like stages and just different like ebbs and flows. It's like mm-hmm. you might be um in that time and space like very happy and feeling fulfilled and feeling satisfied. Yep. Based on everything that's happening. And then in an- another moment, you know, whether that's days away, weeks away, months away, you feel differently. There's some different things happening in your life. Um I can't help but think of the backdrop of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, right? It's like, you know, I didn't think about it earlier today, but I think that why it's coming up for me is because we're in this time and space where just things feel just more, things feel more heightened. Yeah, for sure. In multiple, in multiple senses. Um, I don't know. And then it's the holiday time and... It's supposed to be a very joyous time. And then if you're like not feeling as joyous as you should, given how festive the season is, does that play into it? I mean, it's very cold and very frigid. Um, How much does that play into, you know, things? I I mean, the list goes on and on. Like we, we never know fully what people's different environmental, social emotional, financial triggers and factors and things, but it's like really just mind blowing. And of course we know like death is always one of those things that it catches you by surprise, whether you expect it, whether you don't expect it, because you can't, you, you like, can you ever fully mentally prepare for someone's passing? Like, no, I tend to think my logical mind at least tends to think, if someone, let's say, had a diagnosed medical, physical issue where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, maybe you have like cancer or maybe you have like something yeah, that you have a sense of, okay, I can like mentally start like wrapping my mind around this thing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, like, especially when you think about people dying suddenly, whether it's by natural causes or other causes, it's like you really, there really is no time and space to have even done any sort of like pre-thinking. So you're, it's like whiplash. You're just yeah, like, for holy sure. crap, like what the heck? You, you don't see it coming like at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's particularly sad. And I hope that people are around his family that he's leaving behind to just kind of make sure to check in on them. Because I would even argue that even if it's something like cancer where you can quote unquote prepare for, it still feels like whiplash to some degree because really how do you really prepare to lose someone, right? Like how do you really truly prepare yourself for, for them dying in a few months or them dying in a few weeks? Like it's really tough to wrap your mind around. And when they actually leave you, you're just like, well, damn, like that was quick. Like even yeah. if it was actually in real life years, right? Yeah. It's so-, it's so interesting too. We always think about death as like a, how we as the individual person might relate to the person who is no longer here. And it's like, isn't it even crazy to think about the person having the experience? So yeah. let's say if you're someone who you have cancer, you have some or some other condition that is terminal. Like, how do you as a person mentally prepare for like, I have to leave my loved ones. I am not going to be here. 
I am no longer going to exist. I mean, I find it to be like incredibly just mortifying, terrifying. Like I understand as much as possible the idea of like being afraid of like getting to certain ages, like getting older and getting closer to being at the end of life than at the beginning of life. Mm -hmm. Like the, the really like making peace with the reality of like, I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to be able to like physically see and be with my family. Yeah. I don't even understand like how you get your mind prepared for that. Like, how do you like let go of like wanting to be here on earth? I have no idea, but you know me, I literally can't even have this conversation. So I do really want to take this back to mental health um, <laughs> and mental health resources because, you know, I just can't. Absolutely. Let's pull it back. Let's, let's pull it back. I mean, Thank you so much. To go back um, a bit, right? Let's rewind. When we think about like mental health and mental health resources, I mean, certainly if you're someone who is like preparing for your end of life, like there's all of these like support that you can seek to like help to get you to that point. Great. What about the people who are in struggle and the people who, I mean, you want to be able to like reach before they commit suicide or do something like that? It's like, do you see the signs? Do they feel strong enough to like reach out to a person? Do they feel like they just lose all sense of hope? I mean, is it something more like, I don't know, can suicide even be described as impulsive? Like, do you just get up one day and you're just like, this is it. I cannot take it anymore. I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely can't speak to the thought process. I have well, known hypothesizing the whole thing. For sure. I have known people who have said, like, I have had thoughts of killing myself or I have had thoughts of like not being here anymore. And this is how I work through it. Or the, this is how I push those thoughts to the side. However, like for me, it, it does feel like a foreign concept, even like in a lot of ways, like mental health and mental health resources, because culturally, mm -hmm. In Caribbean culture, we're not really a people who lean into that sort of help, right? Like, it's not like if you were to break a leg or break an arm and we're immediately rushing to make sure that you get the resources to make sure that you're healed, right? Like, we, we send you to a doctor, we send you to a hospital, we make sure that you are okay. When it comes to mental health, if you were to say to your grandmother on a Caribbean island, like, oh my God, I feel so sad or I feel depressed. I feel like killing myself. It's not even a part of our language. So much so that your grandmother is likely to say, go to church, go lay down, yeah. go take a nap and come back, <laughs> right? Like we don't lean into that part of our health. And, you know, now that we're in America, we're probably thinking, well, damn, maybe we should lean into that. Maybe we should make sure people have these resources but is it really necessary? I don't know. Like maybe we're making too big of it in America. Hmm. Too big sometimes just for the sake of clarity. Do you think that we're sometimes making too big of like small things? Like, is that what you're saying? I think that we oftentimes create 
words that become trends or words that become hashtag moments or words Mm -hmm. that lose their meaning because they become overused. And when you think about the mental health space, there are so many things over the years, especially when you think about from like 2020 until now, when everyone was trying to figure out like, how do we take care of the black community and how do we take care of what they're feeling and their mental health and all these things. And Mm -hmm. there became words that we then overuse over time that now mean nothing, right? Because everyone is, for example, um, safe spaces. Hmm. You think safe spaces is being overused? Certainly. Because I think in a lot of ways, we think we are creating a safe space and Mm -hmm. then the community or the demographic that we're trying to create the safe space for actually don't feel safe in the space because we're in a work space and now you still feel the pressures to perform. Like you still feel the pressures to come off a certain way because that is what we have had to do as a black community. Like you Mm -hmm. still feel the pressures of using the right language in this safe space. So is it actually a safe space? Like how much can I be emotional in this safe space and vulnerable and vulnerable Mm -hmm. in this safe space? I'm at work. I'm around peers. I'm potentially around my boss. So then we then said, okay, so maybe it needs to be a brave space. And then we we continue to try to to evolve the safe space um, into things because safe space no longer has a meaning. That's interesting. So Hmm. just an example that I've thought about um, when I think about mental health and how often you might hear the term, I have anxiety. I have anxiety about um, giving this speech or I have anxiety about going to talk to these people or I suffer from social anxiety or I'm having a nervous breakdown or et cetera. Like what do these things actually mean? Um. And obviously, provocatively, it's like, what does it mean when it's when it seems like it's being overused? Absolutely. And that's what I'm getting. at. Like, how do we know that we're not self-diagnosing ourselves because we hear Mm -hmm. these words all the time and we just think, right, well, I'm going to use this word in this time because there's a hashtag and because I see it on TV or I see it on Instagram. So this must be what I'm feeling. Whereas in Caribbean culture, we're more likely to say you know, fuck the, whatever you're feeling, go take a nap, go to church, go pray it away. You'll be fine. Right. And maybe that may <clears> say <throat> something about why we don't see similar rates of suicide in our societies that you might find across the world. That's interesting. I mean, there's a couple of stuff that's like coming up for me as you say it. And one of them around the use of language is that language, language of course is very powerful. Language helps to give you a way to describe things. And I think that the, obviously the beauty in language is that there are times that you're feeling something and you don't really know how to describe it or the way that it's traditionally described. You don't really like resonate with the description of it. And then you hear like something else and you're like, oh my God, that is it. Like that perfectly encapsulates like how I'm feeling and it's great like it's great to discover things that can truly reflect how you're feeling about something that is wonderful 
However, when we think about like more complex things, right? Like if we think about like depression, if, if we think about like social anxiety, there is sometimes a colloquial way in which people are like, I feel anxious. Mm-hmm. And then there's a clinical way to like think and describe these things. And there's a blurring of lines between the usage of those things, right? Sure. Like it, it certainly happens. It's like, if someone is saying now, like, you know, like I'm anxious, are they saying it in like the, I don't want to say regular, but are they saying it in just meaning like I'm experiencing like some degree of nervousness, anxiousness, like nervousness, or do they actually now mean I have anxiety, mm-hmm. like actual it needs to be clinically treated sort of thing. Like, you don't know. You don't really know, like, where it falls. So you kind of, you know, you have to just keep listening for the information. And hopefully you can get a better sense through talking and interacting with the person, like, what they mean. In terms of, like, thinking about our culture, Caribbean culture, and how we, like, relate to these things, we've spoken about this at length. And I'm like, what is really driving how we relate to mental health as a community of people. Uh One, I think that faith has a lot to do with it, right? Like communities that are very much like there is some sense of a higher power. Uh Um, As you know, like faith has a way of like grounding people, right? So you feel this sense of that. Um, Beyond that, there is a real, I describe it as like resilience where you kind of feel like people it's like they don't want to like allow themselves to be like dragged down by something. Mm-hmm. The other end of it, I, I mean, sometimes I, you know, if you listen to like your aunts and uncles talk about certain things, they make light of things. Mm-hmm. Like they'll like find the space to like joke about it. And you like look at them and be like, wow, this is like really incredible. Like, like how did you even like go from like, this is maybe something that was very difficult mm-hmm. to like a few minutes later or a few however long later you now have this space to be like joking about it right. like that says a lot right like there is there to me there are two things happening it's either that the, um people are trivializing the experience or there is this sense of you know what that is not in my control there's only about so much i can do i just have to like leave it be there's some of that there's also this sense of absolute control sometimes when I think about like how Caribbean people think about like mental and emotional things. It's like, if you say like, you know, like I feel kind of like mystic, uh-huh. it's just like, okay, well, you know, just you need to go like meds or you need to go like relax or go to the beach or like all of these things. Right. Uh-huh. And as you were saying it just now, one of the things that I actually thought about, which is something that we were talking about earlier in our team meeting, is the idea of like physical comforts Mm -hmm. and how that plays into like people's like self-care. Yeah. So you can think about like physical comfort as like maybe it's a touch, like a physical touch or something, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's other thing. Maybe it's like a blanket or Mm -hmm. maybe it's your socks or maybe it's like a cup of tea or something. So up until like this moment, if you think about this context of like being a your typical island person and maybe you feel bad and your grandmother may tell you man just go relax yourself i'll just go do this i'll go do that mm-hmm. is there this element of like hey person you're having this issue how do you find a way to self-soothe 
Yes, I think that's exactly the message. But of course, we don't use that language, right? Like we I never noticed that. Yes. And I think that's certainly what it is. You are being challenged to self-soothe. You're being challenged mm-hmm. to be resilient in that moment. And mm-hmm. I don't know that if this is the cure-all for depression. Right, no. But no. It, this is There's no one thing, I think. This, this mm-hmm. is something that appears to be working in those cultures where we're not seeing as many people speak to being depressed. They are able to find ways to navigate their emotional challenges and obstacles so that they can get to the other side where they can live with it or... Mm-hmm. Uh, get over it, you know, to not sound crass, but essentially like that is what we're doing. Whereas you might see in other societies or other cultures where you're not as often being challenged to self-soothe, but rather lean into the emotion, feel all of the emotions, and perhaps even in navigating it that way, it then weighs so much on you without the the necessary resources or without the challenge to self-soothe that you then fall into this abyss of needing to end your life. Yeah. I mean, this self-soothing bit, like I also think about like, you have the ideal and the positive end of self-soothing, which is like, go to the beach, go um, take a nap, go have a massage, go do something that's going to like positively like bring you like peace, joy, happiness, blah, blah, blah. But there's the other end of self-soothing where it's like alcohol. Mm-hmm drugs yeah other sort of like damaging behaviors right all of those things um, work just to <clears throat> put that out there i mean they do to They're some fine. extent they're totally fine Have being devs right? that, that's what you're doing <laughs> playing devs they work to some extent until perhaps you become too reliant on them and then they don't work and like that says something um the other thing too which is how it um how this fits into the context of like bigger cities and other sorts of communities is actually this sense of like being a collective, Mm -hmm. having some sort of like community, having some sort of like village. Like if you are someplace where you have the support of family and friends and other loved ones, it's like you have this safety net where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, you like back home. It's like, do I think that we have like all of the, um, resources that someplace like a United States or another developed country would have like, absolutely not. Like we don't have the same access to resources. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have this sense of like, somebody has your back unless you're like there and you absolutely know nobody. It's like, whether it's your grandmother, your mother, your auntie, your brother, you, somebody, your neighbor, Mm -hmm. there is some sense of like, someone is like looking out for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is more difficult to like find that community and find that sense of being a collective and find that sense of support when you're not where you, not in some place that is home for you. Yeah. Like you got to seek that out and it's hard. Certainly. I mean, to, to think through the piece around finding a community Right. Like we often hear of high rates of suicide or depression in a lot of Asian societies. However, those societies tend to be statistically, right? Statistically, 
those mm-hmm. societies According tend to, to be very homogenous community based societies. Uh huh. So, is that what is necessary in order to create this safe space for people to? feel as though there's someone that's going to miss me. There's someone that's going to care how I'm feeling. Or are these suicide rates related to something else? Right? Because those societies have the sense of community that you're describing. But are they emotionally intelligent societies or they just happen to look the same and they happen to move in the same direction? And do they actually care about emotions and how someone might be feeling mentally? I don't know. I am digesting that. I don't have an answer just yet. Um, It's like, what I want to say and what comes to me is that suicide is one of those things where it's like you don't have like any insight. Like it leaves you like puzzled, like, Unless mm-hmm. this person leaves you like a note or there's like something, it's like you don't have any sort of like access to understanding like what they were like going through. Absolutely. And I don't know, like you, you're having this experience, like this person is like battling with something. Mm-hmm. It's like if they don't really express when it becomes too much of a burden, how do you, as the person on the outside, who's not them, how do you like read that? You have no idea. You know, I always think it's of, kind of impossible. I think of the one suicide that I know of that happened in Nevis. I think I was uh-huh. a teenager. High school. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. I remember just how the entire Island seemed to respond yeah, because these things just don't happen. It's just like what he At like. The time, yeah, he like jumped off of a thing and killed himself, and you're yeah. just like, this is impossible. This doesn't happen, right? And mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. a very strong sense of community, and everyone mm-hmm. can tell you, oh, this guy, he was an athlete. He's really smart. Like we don't understand, you know. So to your yeah. point of, you have no idea what this person was thinking going through in that moment or for how long you don't know if this was like he gets up one morning and decides i'm going to do this thing or he's been thinking about this for years and there are other things that that sense of community could not provide for him you have no idea so i i I don't know i don't even know if it's uh, you know again playing devil's advocate is it a mental health issue or is it just a thing that people do who knows maybe it's a religious act maybe it's an act of Listen, God, you said I'm ready. I'm coming. Who knows what's happening? That's like so wild. It really, really is. You know, there's sometimes this saying, this expression, it used to be said, but it's said much less now, that people will sometimes relate the idea of suicide to like being weak. Mm. And I don't think that that is the case. I actually think, I really do think it takes like a tremendous amount of like will Mm -hmm. and a tremendous amount of like 
there's there, for me there's some kind of like strength that comes from I am going to take my own life. Uh-huh. I mean, it's also could be that I'm such like a wuss <laughs> that like the idea, like I, I just, do, I just don't even know how I would even like get to that place. But I also understand feeling like, man, there are times that you're going through things and they feel not that they feel so big, but they are so big. They feel insurmountable. Like you're like in the clouds and you're not seeing like a streak of light. I can't understand how someone would be like, man, like, I just don't want to do this. I just, and not just like don't want to do this, like can't. Like you really feel like I cannot continue to exist in this way. Like when I think about sometimes our gun violence and like, be, like when there's like another mass shooting, like I, I think to myself, like, oh my God, we are just sending our children and sending people to be slaughtered. And you think to yourself, is this the type of fucking world that I want to live in? Is this the experience I want to have? Like, I don't want to be here. It's like literally like, yo, stop the world. I want to get out. Absolutely. Like, stop the world. I want to get off. Like, when things get to that point of being so overwhelming that you're just like, man, I just like cannot deal. And then also, like, perhaps you're thinking you're doing other people the favor by not having them. It's like, you know, this is my burden. And I don't want to burden anyone. And so I want to not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, where you started, I thought was really interesting, right? Where people think that the act of suicide is a sign of weakness. Where when you do think about making that decision to leave your family and friends. And if you think about just looking at that that episode where three weeks ago he's talking about their plans for their family and he seems so connected and in love with his wife and his family. Like that must be an incredibly tough decision to decide that you are going to leave, right? And leave forever, not leave temporarily, not take a break, but leave forever. And there is some sense of strength in that, I would imagine, right? Yeah, But whatever is causing that decision is so powerful in that moment that Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. feel that that is your best option. And um, so I don't know that we can continue to say that it's about weakness or like if we really sit and think about that, like it's there is some strength in that. And obviously not to encourage anyone to make that decision. Of course not, yeah. But it does take an incredible amount of thoughts to decide that you're going to leave the people that you love the most or the people that love you the most, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, I can see when mm-hmm. people say, well, I don't have anyone in this world and no one's going to care if I'm yeah. gone. You know, that seems to me like a quote unquote easier decision to make, but yeah, for yeah. just thinking about what you would have seen three weeks ago, it seems like that must have been really tough for this guy um, in specific, you know? So, so hard. I mean, and also, 
there's a sense of, I would imagine, there's a sense of guilt mm-hmm. for people who are around and they are seeing, like, you now have to be the person, like, living with the consequence of this person's actions, Absolutely. right? Like, you are now the person where it's like, okay, he is gone. And of course, like, you want to empathize and you want to be compassionate, but there's also that, that, Thing that has to play in someone's mind where it's like shit did i miss the signs what were the signs yeah. how many signs did i miss how could i have shown up differently like you know it just it, it like goes on and on and on yeah absolutely like i remember when um it was a couple months ago when regina king's um son committed suicide mm-hmm. her only son mm-hmm. and you know seeing her describe it on instagram as like they were extremely close it's like you feel so incredibly close and you have like such intimate relationships sometimes, but then it's also like in these moments, you're just like, damn, I thought I was here, but then I wasn't there. Like you miss like these moments and it's just like, are you, it's almost as if, oh my God, best case scenario, you're going to see it. You can potentially prevent it maybe you can have some sort of like influence on the person to like in some way you can support etc yeah but imagine how it must feel if you feel like you are so extremely close to the person you think that you know them like inside out you think that you are they are telling you about what they're struggling with and what they're dealing with and all of this other stuff and then you realize like damn there was something else happening that I just didn't even see coming. Absolutely. And then you, it's like, shit, like I wish I could have been there for them more. And now I don't really have that opportunity. to. Absolutely. So sad. It's like, how do you make, it's, it's so incredibly sad. It's like so profound. And there's always this, there is a, you know, like with death, there is this, it's permanent. It's like, it's gone. It's done. Like you can't have it in your fingertips. You cannot, you know, share space with the person the same way. You can't see them. You can't touch them. You can't smell them. Like it is like really huge. And to veer off a bit, like I've come to appreciate thinking about just like the afterlife and all of that stuff. It's kind of comforting Uh. to think of like the like religious practices or just the spiritual practices where it's like, they're going to be back. You're going to see them again. It is a much more comforting thought. That would be nice. It's like, it would be so nice if you could see your faces. Like, would it be nice? Or would it be kind of freaky? I mean, I guess, I don't know if your loved one like passes on. It's like, would I want them to like visit me? No. Yes. Kind of. You're a weirdo. Wouldn't that be cool? No, not if you're a ghost. It would be comforting. But then it would be a friendly... This is a ghost that you know. And then what would you do? You'd be like, hey, what's going on up there? Are you guys partying? Is that what you're going to ask? Wouldn't it be cool to have like some insight or something? No. I don't want to know. Just bless me with some stuff. Bless you with what? You know, a good life. It's like you would want them to me. know that they're... So you just want like a guardian angel, but you don't really want them to like 
interact or interfere with your like yes. earthly affairs. You're just like, just look over me, keep an eye Absolutely. out, but just don't like, don't ask me what's for breakfast. Yeah, that's not cool. Like, don't slam the door when I'm in my room. Like, that's freaky. Don't do stuff <laughs> like that. That's weird. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, I, I tend to think that if it's someone that I didn't know, if it was just like a random spirit just coming to like visit me on a Wednesday night, it's just like, okay, no. But if it's someone that I knew or someone that I was curious about, I don't know. It could be insightful. Yeah, maybe. So that might actually be cool. It's like like things to cope. It's like, how do people really cope with these like instances and moments? Like you always hear people talk about like you feel their presence. You feel that they're with you. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that that feels the word that keeps coming to me. It's like comforting. It's like, this is such a big thing and a difficult thing. And it's like, you want to have something to help to soothe you in that difficult time yeah i get it get it that makes sense yeah oh my gosh well this was a heavy one for sure this was definitely a heavy one um i mean we've only like scratched the surface of this a little bit like obviously like talking about like mental health and thinking about like all of the like nuances and of course like i i don't think we can ever you know account for like every single thing like that's like completely impossible but there is always a fascination for me about like people and how they respond and and deal with things and adjust the things and i'm like very curious to see what the evolving conversations not just about this but as we continue to evolve as a society um, how we're going to continue to evolve the way that we relate to mental health. Like, I think that we are at, we're still, we're still, we still have a far ways to go. We still have a far ways to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I do think that it's important to plug that, you know, if you're someone who is experiencing like harmful thoughts or, need to seek professional help, I mean, you absolutely should reach out to someone um, by calling 988. Um, That is a hotline that you can reach someone to get professional help. um, Because, you know, it's so important to reach out when you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And get the help that you need. Yeah, well, thank you all for taking this time to like listen and reflect and hope that you found this useful and valuable in some way and looking forward to hearing continued thoughts and conversations um as usual remember that we are on socials on instagram we are two girls few thoughts underscore pod and on facebook two girls and a few thoughts pod and we are also on twitter as well thank you for joining us for another episode of two girls and a few thoughts